0: Toe, through the two lips. Through the two lips. Ooh, de, de, boop, boop.
1: Hi, Michael.
0: Hi, Hava. I'm trying to understand this headline. Okay. I'm trying to understand what the subject, verb, and object are.
1: It okay. Says, the
0: strident writings of a young Blake master's dog, his senate run.
1: Wait, say it again.
0: The strident writings of a young Blake master's dog, his senate run.
1: Okay, so the writings dog his run.
0: Uh, can you say it with the emphases? So the stride I
1: mean, I can't remember all the words, but the the issue is that the writings oh, are hurting his political campaign. Whatever I he did when see. he was young oh, okay. is hurting his political campaign.
0: Oh, okay. All right. The strident writings of a young Blake Masters dog his Senate run. What is a young Blake Masters?
1: I think... Blake Masters is a person.
0: Oh.
1: This is reminding me of oh. like, uh, you watch 30 Rock, right?
0: This is a Republican, by the way, I just found out. So right. who gives a shit? Uh, I've watched a bit of 30 Rock, yeah.
1: The, are you familiar with The Rural Juror?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I think i Yeah,
1: that. I was just remembering the Rural Juror song that Jenna sings at the end of the show. I just looked up the lyrics are, The Irma Lerman Merman murder turned the bird's word lurid, and the whir and purr of the twirler girl she would the world were demure insurer's allure. So you, the headline you are reading reminded me of that.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. How are you, Hala? How are you?
1: How am I, Michael? Well, the defining feature of my goddamn day. Okay. Baruch Hashem. Uh-huh. Was <laughs> um, <laughs> that I was cooking myself pasta so peacefully, so happily, contentedly, going along. When I dropped to the floor a full just opened jar of pasta sauce which promptly shattered oh no um you
0: sauced the kitchen
1: and if you think about it for a second you see like how so many things about this spill make it worse like a really hard spill like tomatoes stain everything and smell for a really long time And it was a full, you know, whatever, 16 ounces of sauce, but also filled with glass. Yeah. So, like, how do I get it off of the fucking floor? It has been, I feel like, taken the whole damn day to recover like to clean this spill my boyfriend got home for work and helped me clean it some thank god you're
0: lucky it wasn't shabbat because then you wouldn't have been able to do shit
1: <laughs> right then we just have to leave a pile of glass and pasta sauce in the kitchen and of course you know during this whole thing Chonk wants to get in there and get into that pile of glass and pasta sauce.
0: Oh no, that's no good. Well, hopefully, (sighs) I feel like when a jar of pasta sauce breaks, it doesn't go into tiny little fragments of glass.
1: (laughs) No, it went into a thousand tiny fragments.
0: Oh no, I'm so sorry.
1: That, I feel like, was a defining feature of my day, which was otherwise just fine, but that's been really overshadowed by the pasta sauce incident that's my main deal today michael how are you
0: i'm fine i'm just confused by the news not in the way that most people are just in the way that i can't parse the headlines
1: (laughs) just you literally aren't sure what the news is
0: we went to a uh, a bar actually in town
1: oh wow that's strange
0: yeah so we just want
1: to kind of go out and yeah, you know. I've been I feel like I've been wanting to go out less and less because I feel like everyone I know who has avoided getting COVID so far is getting it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. It was a bit of a calculated risk.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: We went out to a fish shack and got, like, fried fish and bullshit. A
1: fish shack, you say?
0: Yeah, and then went to, like, a kind of a lesbian-y, queer kind of bar.
1: That sounds cute. Not
0: in name, but, like, in... It's it's kind of one of those in gay... In energy. Bar, yeah, it was like a gay bar restaurant that you could take your parents to, you know?
1: Right. So. I know the type. Well, that sounds like a lovely outing. It was nice. It was a good time, so I've,
0: I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy, and I'm excited to get into a little bit of whatever you're bringing today.
1: Yes, today not really going to be reading any original text because we have so much story to get through. We're going to be getting as I said in the patron episode, it's going to be a very midrash heavy episode. So, um great episode for Michael.
0: I love midrash. Yes.
1: Our listener wrote in, our listener searching for Sarah. Hi and hello you lovely podcasters. I wanted to ask if you could do a dive into what the Talmud has to say about Sarah Bat Asher who I'm named after. I know there's stories about her being incredibly old and holding on to stories and also appearing as ghosts to some rabbis arguing about the splitting of the sea, but I'd love to hear more. Lots of love. Whoa. The general question is, what's up with Sarah Bat Asher? And I have to say, I found a lot of stuff, and not, none of the things I found are what our listener mentioned in their message. I found a bunch of other stuff. But first, let's just start off with the basics of who is this bitch. So... She pops up a couple places in Torah, but one of the most notable is in Numbers twenty six forty six. This is like a sentence that is in the middle of this huge long list of genealogy. You know, oh, you know, know how the Torah does.
0: I went. I went to a double bot mitzvah when I was young, and that was the twins Torah mm, portion. Their parsha. That was awful. awful. Wow, rough. Rough
1: luck for everyone involved, the attendees, the bat mitzvah people, everyone.
0: Yep, yep, it was terrible.
1: So we're in this middle of this long thing of genealogy, and one of the sentences of genealogy is, and the name of the daughter of Asher was Sarah." And so Rashi, like any self-respecting Torah commentator, says, why would the Torah waste any time telling us about a woman's name much less having a whole last sentence about it why would we include her in a genealogy there must be something going on here
0: and i say to him shut up you medieval frog <laughs> i don't know something <laughs> insulting
1: so rashi says it's because she still remained alive after all these long years it exceptionally mentions her here so she's old she lived for a really really long time okay and you may say to yourself how long How long did she live? I didn't pull a a number, but we're going to down to a bunch of stories about how it lasted so long. So the context we need to know for our first story is that one of the things that Moses needed to do in his sort of all of his responsibilities having to do the exodus is he needed to get Joseph's coffin, his bones, Mm -hmm, and bring them out on the exodus because Joseph, during Joseph's life, had said, When God takes notice of you, then you shall carry up my bones from here. Joseph sort of said, like, it's going to be a big deal when you take my bones away. So because of that, I'm sure the rabbis have a lot to say about this, but we're focused on Sarah today. Sota 13a, the Gemara asks, from where did Moses, our teacher, know where Joseph was buried? A.k.a. how did he know where to find the casket, as its location apparently had been lost to the ravages of time. And the sages said, Serach, the daughter of Asher, remained from that generation that had initially descended to Egypt with Jacob. Which is a long-ass time between those generations, between Jacob and Moses. And Moses went to her and said, do you know anything about where Joseph is buried? And she said to him, the Egyptians fashioned a metal casket for him and put it in the Nile as an augury so that the water would be blessed. Oh. And Moses went and stood on the bank of the Nile and he said to Joseph, 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 the time has arrived about which the Holy One, blessed be he, took an oath saying, I, God, will redeem you. And the time for the fulfillment of that oath that you administered to the Jewish people that they will bear you in Eretz Yisrael has arrived." If you show yourself, it is good. But if not, we are clear from your oath. Immediately, the casket of Joseph floated to the top of the water. So basically, Moses goes to ask Sarah where this casket is. And then he goes to talk to the casket. And he's like, listen, if you want to come with me, come with me. But I'm just doing my due diligence here. So if you don't float to the top of this pond right now, like metaphysically, we are freed from your prophecy.
0: That's great. That is so good. I'm yeah. into it. I had heard that Joseph was buried in the Nile. I did not know if that was one of the ways that he uh, got himself out of that watery tomb.
1: Right. And this is sort of one of the emblematic things about Sarah, but asher, she is uh, quite literally that bitch that knows where the bodies are buried. Oh, okay. That's you know, nice. she's yeah. been hanging around with the community of Israel long enough that she knows like who did what to who, you know, a couple generations ago.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's neat. That's a neat skill.
1: Yeah. Here is another Joseph-related Serach story. And this is from uh, Midrash Hagadol on Genesis. So the brothers of Joseph have gone to Israel and found out that Joseph is alive. And that whole saga has unfolded. And they said to themselves, if we tell our father, Jacob, that Joseph is alive, he might have a stroke. Literally, his soul might fly away because it would be such a shock. So what do they do? They told Sarah, the daughter of Asher, tell Jacob that Joseph is alive and he is in Egypt. What does she do? She waited till he was standing in prayer and then said in a tone of wonder, Joseph is in Egypt. There have been born on his knees Manasseh and Ephraim, which is three rhyming lines. His heart failed while he was standing in prayer. When he finished his prayer, he saw the wagons. Immediately the spirit of Jacob came back to life. So basically, she perfectly timed it. She told him in a poetic way at the perfect moment so that his stroke would be averted by seeing Joseph actually come back. Basically, she like did oh. she like timed it so the two shocks would cancel each other out.
0: Okay, okay. So but he probably would have died if he had just seen Joseph coming back.
1: Exactly. Or if he had just heard about it. Either one would have been deadly, but together they canceled each other out. But we even have another in Sefer HaYashar, we have another much more flavorful version of this story. So when Joseph had finished giving his brothers their orders, he turned and went back to Egypt and the sons of Jacob went to the lands of Canaan in joy and happiness to their father. And when they came to the boundaries of the land, they said to one another, What shall we do in bringing this matter to our father? For if we impart it to him suddenly and tell him all about it, he will be greatly astounded at our words and will refuse to listen to us. And they went on until they approached their houses, and they met Serach coming towards them. And the damsel was exceedingly beautiful and wise and a skilled player on the harp. And she kissed them, and they took her and gave her a harp, saying unto her, go, we pray thee, sit before our father and strike this harp and speak to him according to these words. And they instructed her what she had to say, and she hastened to Jacob, and she sang and played beautifully upon the harp, and she sang in the sweetness of her voice, Joseph, my uncle is alive and reigneth over all the land in Egypt. And she often repeated these words, and Jacob heard her words, and it pleased him greatly. And when he heard her sing it twice and three times, the heart of Jacob was possessed by joy through the sweetness of her voice, and the Spirit of God came over him, and he knew that all her words are true. So,
0: wow. pause
1: at this point in the story to just say that okay. she was a hot slut, and yeah. she went and kissed on Joseph's brothers,
0: right, and... Right. Who are th- his uncle, or the, the, because she's the nephew of Joseph, right? According to that right. song.
1: So right. she was... I don't know what's going on with that.
0: Okay, okay. So there was... Okay, whatever,
1: whatever people... Whatever was happening was happening. She was a dope harp player Mm -hmm. and a dope singer and very wise. So she was a wise hot slut and she was like, listen, I can do this. I'll just make it into a song. I'll make it work. I'll make it fierce. And he won't even know what's going on until I like play this beautiful song and it'll all work out fine. Wow. And she does it and it works out and Jacob loves it. And Jacob blessed Sarah for singing these words before him. And he said, my daughter, may death never prevail against thee forever, for thou hast revived my spirit. Only repeat thou this song once more before me, for thou hast caused me gladness with thy words. And she sang once more the same words, and Jacob listened, and he was pleased, and he rejoiced, and the Spirit of God came over him. And while he was yet speaking with her, his sons came before him with horses and chariots and royal garments. And Jacob arose and went to meet them. And he saw his sons dressed in royal garments and all the good things that Joseph had sent with them. And they said to him, be thou informed that our brother Joseph liveth and that he ruleth over the whole land of Egypt. I'm really enjoying reading this very antiquated translation. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense for like the fairy tale of the story. I feel yeah. like I should read all Midrash and like, king james english
0: yeah it's kind of funny that i wouldn't think king james english kind of people would be translating the midrash but right maybe that's just my
1: and jacob heard all the words of his sons and his heart fainted for he believed them not until he saw all that joseph had given unto them and all that joseph had sent along with them and all the signs he had spoken of unto them and they unpacked all the things and displayed all that joseph had sent and they gave to one of them what joseph had sent him and they knew that joseph had spoken the truth and jacob rejoiced greatly And he said, it is enough, Joseph. My son is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Uh, Okay, the rest of the story is just Joseph stuff, which is cool. Joseph is a great story all into its own. But the part of Sarah Bad Asher is done. And it was just have she was a one hit wonder on the harp. You know, she just had that one song that was like, Joseph is alive. Joseph is alive. And then just never after that was she heard from again.
0: Okay, wow. A
1: real Chumbawamba situation. And a Chumbawamba. (laughs) Yeah, because they have that one song, I Get Knocked Down, but I Get Up Again, Tough Thumper. And then, I mean, they're actually really cool. They're actually a very punk band that has a bunch of pro labor songs that are really cool. They did a whole recording of like medieval workers' songs. Really? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, they're really cool, but they had that one song here and then were never heard from again.
0: Well well hopefully they get the same deal where they live get to live for like
1: <laughs> right. years we something. heard Tub Thumper and we were like Chumbawamba, may death never touch thee <laughs>
0: Oh my god.
1: So she was the Chumbawamba of ancient Canaan.
0: <laughs> okay, great.
1: Oh, Okay, yeah.
0: Know.
1: So that's pretty great, huh?
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's, I love it. I mean, do you have more to give? Do you,
1: God, you know I fucking do. Okay. So, here's some other stuff that happened. This is the the format of this episode is just going to be me saying thing after thing that happened.
0: Okay, great. So,
1: this is from Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer said The five letters of Torah, which alone of all the letters are of double shape, all appertain to the mystery of redemption. So basically, he's giving this drosh on all the letters that have a regular form and a final form. So, you know, we have like Mem and Mem Sofit and stuff Mm, like that. mm. He gives this whole elaborate drosh, which is not the focus of our section today, but for each one of these letters, he's like, Here's the secret and here's the patriarch who it was given to. And these letters were delivered only to our father, Abraham. Our father, Abraham, delivered them to Isaac and Isaac delivered them to Jacob. And Jacob delivered the mystery of redemption to Joseph, as it is said, but God will surely visit you in Genesis 124. And no, couldn't be in 124. I don't know what this citation is. Because there's no way that's in chapter 1 of Genesis, so I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And Joseph, his son, delivered the secret of redemption to his brethren, Asher. The sons of Jacob delivered the mystery of redemption to Sarah, his daughter. When Moses and Aaron came to the elders of Israel and performed the signs in their sight, the elders of Israel went to Sarah, the daughter of Asher, and said, A certain man has come and has performed signs in our sight thus and thus, like, here's the magic stuff he did. And she said to him, there is no reality in these signs. And they said to her, he also said, God will surely visit you, which is the quote that we just had from Genesis. And she said to him, he is the man who will redeem Israel in the future from Egypt, for thus that I hear, I have surely visited you. And forthwith, the people believed in God and in his messenger, as it is said, and the people believed in when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel. So basically she has inherited this secret passphrase that's connected to the mystery of redemption, which is Pakod Yif code." but God will surely visit. And the elders of Israel see Moses rolling up doing all kinds of magical shit like mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. And they're like Okay, that's cool and everything, but we need to check in with Sarah Achbat Asher, famous harpist chumbawamba (laughs) of the community of Israel, and just like see, you know, what does she think about this? Sort of like, what does Ja Rule think about this situation?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) And her take is like, basically, Moses is not shit. And then they're like, oh, by the way, he did say this thing and he like winked when he said it so we knew it was important and she's like oh that's the secret password that was sent forward in time with me so he's legit
0: but am i right in thinking she first dismisses his magic as yeah like- at
1: first she's like no like fuck that dude like he's nothing oh Basically. My God. <laughs> which wow. is great i just love the idea of sarah but asher you know aged crone like chilling on her couch her elaborate cushions and her elaborate tint, and they're like Sarah, like we've come to seek your wisdom he's like no fuck that dude
0: who's the singer of fleetwood mac who i'm thinking of right now
1: stevie nicks yeah I'm yeah thinking she's of stevie, stevie nicks. nicks in the movie version of this she would be played by stevie nicks
0: I- i'm feeling like people consulting stevie nicks about like the whole cranberry juice guy on the skateboard remember
1: that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're like Stevie Nicks, there was this guy who made a really cool video of your song on a skateboard. And she's like, fuck that. He's like, also, he was drinking Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice. And he's like, oh, that's that legit. Was,
0: that's legit. That was yeah. the
1: secret password.
0: Yeah, I love it. Okay, great. <laughs>
1: but wait, there's more. In this crazy thing called Tractate Derek Eretz Zuta, which is just on a side note, this cool thing called The Way of the Land, which is a minor tractate, just about some ethics and shit has a bunch of random shit in it. It's kind of stuff that didn't make it into the full-blown Talmud, but was still important literature. They say, Nine people entered the Garden of Eden alive, and these are them. Hanuch ben Yared, Eliyahu, the Mashiach, Eliezer, the servant of Avraham, Cherim, king of Tzor, and the servant of the Ethiopian king, Yoavatz, the son of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, the daughter of Pharaoh, and Sarah bat Asher. So basically, she... The only important upside of this story is that she never died. She is eternal. She is the moment. And she just went to Garden of Eden fully alive.
0: Oh, so when they say these people entered the Garden of Eden, meaning they went there after their earthly life. Or...
1: Yes. They just like straight up ascended. They did not die. They just like, were peace out. I told you the secret password, Moses. Like, my job here is done. Whoa. They just got into their TARDISes and like whooshed away.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of neat. I thought you meant like the, these are the nine people who were like stumbled around and like found the...
1: Oh, like the earthly Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one final fact. And this one is a contemporary fact.
0: Oh, okay, contemporary.
1: The Persian Jews of the city of Isfahan believed that Sarah Bat Asher actually lived among them until she died in a great fire in their synagogue in the 12th century CE. What? This synagogue and its successors were subsequently known as the Synagogue of Sarah Bat Asher. And the Jewish cemetery of Isfahan. There is to be found, at least until the end of the 19th century, a tombstone marking the final resting place of Sarah, the daughter of Asher, the son of our patriarch Jacob, who died in the year equivalent to 1133 CE. This alleged gravesite was marked by a small mausoleum known as Heder Sarah, Sarah's room, which remained for centuries one of the best-known pilgrimage sites for the Jews of Persia. In the Iranian exile, Jews were accustomed to prostrate themselves at the gravestone of Sarah as they now customarily pray here in Israel at the tomb of our matriarch, Rachel, near Bethlehem. Like the tomb of Rachel, that of Serach is also located in a room, a.k.a. mausoleum. This room is believed to have wondrous doorposts, and only people of good character and deeds may enter, but the way shrinks before anyone else and prevents them from entering. This is from Serach, Bat Asher, Biblical Origins, Ancient Agadah, and Contemporary Folklore a booklet published by the University of Arizona in 1997. Someone was getting wild with the booklets that year.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, okay. So we have Esther, we have Sarah, but Asher, we have hot women coming out of Persia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And she's got a magical tomb, potentially, that you can only get into if you're righteous. She was the keeper of passwords, singer of songs, kisser of men, old as hell mm-hmm. went to heaven fully alive potentially
0: mm-hmm. yep.
1: uh and all this based pretty much just on the fact that she got a shout out <laughs> in numbers
0: yeah that's great that's a good way to get in the history books
1: you know it just shows the appetite of fandoms for one good female character yeah, yeah. the Toro fandom was so thirsty For good women, that they're like, Sarah, like, you're going to be our one and only. We're going to write so much fic about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really is similar. I think that's super 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 neat i also love the i love the like the mausoleum for her i remember Mm -hmm. i I, like learned kind of late in life in my 20s that jews actually do pilgrimages and that we have like but besides the western wall like we have like weird tombs of like old talmudic scholars and Mm -hmm. and even patriarchs and matriarchs and that people can go to i kind of like that I was always jealous of the catholics for having like that kind of stuff yeah
1: Yes, I recently had a dear and very beloved friend offer a prayer for me at the tomb of Rabbi Yochanan. Really? Yeah, that's why I'm so blessed.
0: Wait, which Yochanan? Ben-Zakai?
1: The Yochanan. No, not Ben-Zakai. Who gives a fuck about that loser? Oh, The trans girl Yochanan.
0: Oh, 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 okay,
1: okay. I mean, Yochanan Ben-Zakai is fine. He's just not the primary Yohanan that I care about.
0: Okay, I just, you
1: know. The lesser Yohanan. I'm
0: into Yohanan, It's just just me.
1: Well, I'm very happy for you, too. Wow.
0: Oh, really wow.
1: Yeah. There was, honestly, even more material, and I just knew I would, like, lose my voice just reading Sarah about Asher's stories the entire time. But she's great. There's no real, like, moral or, like, uh, thing to pick apart here. It's just, like, here's a bunch of cool shit. Here's a treasure trove of awesomeness.
0: This is fruitful ground for the creation of some sort of like Femi kind of cult. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. The cult of Serach.
0: Yeah, cult of Serach. I feel like we need temples. We need vestal virgins. We need the whole thing. Right.
1: They can't be virgins because of the kissing, because of the the slutty qualities, but they do need to play the harp.
0: We can have virgins that kiss.
1: I guess that's true. You got me there. (laughs)
0: Totally allowed. I don't know. Just that next to like Mm -hmm. the next to the courtyard babies like we're slowly building (laughs) our
1: right this is in the list of stuff we're gonna bring back
0: (laughs) slowly building our monastic jewish tradition yes is great i love this akkadah stuff yeah i feel like i never heard a lot about it in the progressive jewish circles that i'm in because i feel like there's so much emphasis and desire and anxiety about making judaism fit into some like the ethical norms of the day of your community mm-hmm. uh, this stuff just doesn't really get talked about it's not prioritized right
1: it's just pure wonder it's just pure wackiness it's just
0: pure wonder just pure joy
1: right the whole premise of sarah but asher is like what if there was a lady who was really old would that be fucked up or what
0: yeah yeah exactly and that's like that's the kind of shit that you can actually like do fanfic on you know
1: yeah yeah, it's fruitful, fruitful ground for creation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we got to get to like write a comic book or something like that.
1: All right. I'm seeing her tomorrow, so I will have to uh, get right on that proposal.
0: Oh, oh you're going to see her tomorrow?
1: Yeah. We're going to go to Sabres, I think.
0: You guys are getting close. Look at you.
1: I mean, yeah, we've been hanging out.
0: Oh, okay. All right. That's neat.
1: But also, anytime someone transitions, you know, have to take them under my wing.
0: Oh, I didn't even make the connection. Save her. Of
1: course. They need a rock of gender to cling to.
0: You are a rock of gender.
1: Rock of gender, hear my prayer.
0: I need help buying dresses. (laughs) Okay
1: okay let's get back to closing out our episode let's go
0: to sephora (laughs) how do you do the wingtips what are you gonna say (laughs)
1: uh let's get back to closing out our (laughs) episode all right (laughs) um yeah so dear searching for sarah i hope you found her through this episode. I did my best. There's even more out there. I'm sorry I didn't find the stuff about her appearing as ghosts to the rabbis, but I hope that you find it and tell me about it. Yeah. But there's a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of really good sheets on Safari for this if you want to dive into it further. So I hope you enjoyed this Serach episode. I think next week will be another Russian doll extravaganza. Oh, good. Nadia will be returning to the pod.
0: Excellent. We love it.
1: Yeah. If you want to have twice as much, if you want to hear every week an extra episode, which Michael directs and has a very special Michael flavor to it and is, uh, I would say, even zanier than our normal episodes, then you should become our patron at patreon.com slash hi how are you? Because then... You'll get twice the madness in your pod roll. Y'all are the best. Thanks so much for chilling out with us in our elaborate cushioned tent where we give thumbs down to Moses Rabbeinu. And okay, <laughs> just like Sarah.
0: Okay, Michael, right. we're
1: emulating Sarah. Okay, she did it first.
0: We're like Siskel and Ebert of Tanah.
1: <laughs> and without further ado, Shavuot.
0: Shavuot.